In the death chamber, no time was wasted. Mrs. Randell stepped firmly onto the scaffold, and in a moment she was in charge of the hangman, who, with busy hands, adjusted the white cap, attached the noose under the plait of hair that hung down on the light print skirt, and bound the strap around her dress and limbs. Without a tremor, she stood through those most awful last few seconds. Then the bolt was drawn, the chasm opened, and in a second all was over. The woman was dead instantly, and it was but three minutes past eight o'clock. Kalgoorlie Western Argus, 12th October 1909, page 32. This was Marta Rendell, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. Short story today about Marta Rendell. Little is known about her childhood or upbringing, so the story starts when she moves in with a man named Thomas Nichols Morris. He was separated from his wife and she had moved out and Morris had custody of his four children and all five lived at 23 Robertson Street in East Perth. Rendell first met Morris in Adelaide, South Australia and she followed him when he moved. Then she moved in with him, pretending to be his wife, and Morris's children were made to call Rendell mother. Rendell hated the children. She found them annoying, annoying and needy, so she was brutally abusive to them, battering them so badly that once Annie, who was Morris's daughter, couldn't walk. When Rendell was eventually arrested, Inspector Harry Mann said she delighted in witnessing her victim's pain, even being sexually satisfied by the abuse and pain she inflicted. So Rendell is in the house playing happy home to the outside world and torturing ch children behind the closed doors. At some point, Rendell decided to get rid of the children permanently. Little Annie Morris was killed first. She was just seven. How Rendell did this was putting something in Annie's food, which caused her a sore throat. Then to care for little Annie's sore throat, Rendell would swab the back of the throat with what she called medicine. The medicine she was using, hydrochloric acid. The acid, as acid does, would burn the area, in this case the throat and then the throat would swell to the point the child couldn't talk, swallow, and so couldn't eat and this led to starvation and then death. This is extremely slow and painful. Annie died July 28, 1907. A doctor named Kurt Burt, uh, he issued the death cert given the cause of death as diphtheria, an infection that's mostly mild but can, in really bad cases, cause death. With Annie gone, Rendell still was irritated by the remaining children. So she set her sights on little five-year-old Olive. She fed Olive something to cause a sore throat, and she used her medicine to heal Olive. And then, October 6, 1907, Olive died. Again, Dr. Kurtbert issued the death cert, stating cause as diphtheria. Now we have two dead, 
but Rundell wasn't done yet. She moved on to Arthur Morris, who was 14. Being older, probably stronger, it took a lot longer for the medicine to take a hold of him. He died a year to the day of Olive's death on October 6th, 1908. This time, Dr. Cuthbert's curiosity was pricked, probably because it's now the third death of the same illness in one home. So he asked for an autopsy on Arthur. Rundell actually agreed to it, if she could be part of it. This was approved and she watched as doctors performed the autopsy, finding nothing incriminating. So it's now April 1909 and Rundell set her torturous sights on George Morris, the second son. Rundell made him some tea and within minutes he started complaining of a sore throat. To treat it, Rundell coated his tonsils with syrup. This freaked out George and he bolted out of the door, running to his mom's place streets away. George, now missing, pricked the interests of neighbours, who found it really odd that his father Thomas admitted not knowing where his son was. Neighbours started to go to the police, and Inspector Harry Mann was the one to listen to their concerns. He listened to story after story of the children's throats being coated with a solution, and about Randell's lack of sympathy or concern to their pain. There was one neighbour who told the story of looking in the windows. Don't know why, but this neighbour did and saw Randell standing, smiling, in front of a child screaming in pain, rocking back and forth like in a trance. Another neighbour claimed to have seen Randell masturbating in plain sight. Inspector Mann was able to find George and his story was of an evil, wicked stepmother who had killed his siblings and now was trying to kill him with spirits of salts. This is what hydrochloric acid was called and that he had to run away to live. An inquiry into these accusations ran into issues regarding the time that had elapsed since the deaths. The doctor also couldn't say for sure what effects the salts would have. Suspicions mounted even more when receipts showed Rundell bought spirit of sauce in bulk at or around the time of the children becoming sick. But there was no purchase since the last death. With all this information and statements an excavation order of the bodies was approved. And it was done July 3rd, 1909. Diluted hydrochloric acid was found in the throat tissues on all the dead children. Martha Rundell and Thomas Morris was charged with murder, with Martha being sentenced to death by hanging. She obviously said she didn't do it, she's innocent. She was simply caring for the children who had diphtheria, as stated by medical professionals. And just bad luck to succumb to the illness, nothing to do with her. Thomas would be acquitted. It's known he bought the spirits of salt for Rundell but wasn't aware what she was doing with it until after it all came out. Which could be true. He was the breadwinner. Riddell might have asked him to go get spirits of salts and never explained why she needed them, so he just bought them. The jury wanted Thomas tried and said if he had been, they would have found him guilty as an accessory. 
but with the acquittal, this didn't happen. Marta Rundell's crimes had the public outraged, a woman killing innocent young children for gratification. The press called her a scarlet woman and a wicked stepmother, a woman of nightmares, they said. Rundell claimed her innocence to her dying day, October 6, 1909, a year to the day after Arthur's death and two years to the day after Olive's death, Rundell was hung at Fremantle Prison. She's buried at Fremantle Cemetery and was the last woman to be executed in Western Australia. Just to add a spook to this already creepy and unnerving story, at the prison, which since 1991 is a heritage site and now a tourist attraction, a ghost, apparition, an illusion, if you will, appears in one of the prison windows. You can only see this illusion when inside the church looking out, and it's said that this illusion is the spirit of Martha Randell watching over the country. And that is the story of Martha Randell. Hit that like button, get subscribe, and ring the hell out of that bell. Join me next time for another poison story about Graham Young, the teacup poisoner. Poison interested him at an early age, having him poison friends and family. At 14, he was detained at Boardmore for poisoning his father, sister and friend. Ten years later, he was released. Did he learn his lesson? Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil. Mm-hmm.